the guys that ride in the Green Bay area, um, like Mitch said, we we often ride together. Um, a lot of the uh, the training rides, you know, we'll we'll coordinate and we'll make sure that we'll we'll bring a few of us with, even if we're not on the same team. And um, it really does make for a, a good cycling community. Um, and you know, we get to know how each other ride. Um, that's the that's the interesting part is. You know, and all of a sudden Mitch knows my weaknesses and he knows where I'm good. And uh, it's it's no secret um, what he and his teammates are good at. So um, preparing for a race, knowing who's going to be there, um, that's the extra element. And when you're outnumbered uh, four to one um, at, at the start line, you just kind of, oh boy, it's got to swallow and say, here we go. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, Mitch and his teammates, they put together a plan. It was very obvious. Um, and that, that plan was executed very well. KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor. And on this episode, we hear about the Lone Wolf Gravel Race out of Iron Mountain, Michigan, with race founder James Morrow and repeat competitors Dan Teeters and Mitch Edbauer. Folks, we are 2023 at what seems to be probably the height of gravel racing. Uh, from its humble beginnings of uh, grassroots mass start events, gravel, of course, has evolved and grown in popularity in a way um, I think few of us could have ever imagined. I mean, this year alone, uh, we've seen the first... U.S. National Gravel Championships. Um, we just saw the second Gravel Worlds that took place in Italy that seemed to be a bit more accepted by the whole gravel community. Uh, there's still an extremely popular national race series with a lifetime Grand Prix. And uh, it just seems like more and more professional cyclists are now identifying themselves as gravel pros. And uh, hey, I love it. I think it's exciting as a fan, as an athlete. Um, I can participate in some of these larger events. I can follow these athletes. Um, but as much as I love this and I love the larger races and the huge events, part of me still connects more with these smaller, local, grassroots events that started this whole trend in the first place. Races like The Lone Wolf. Now, this episode serves a couple different purposes. One, as we discuss later, while I was aware of the race of the Lone Wolf, um, I didn't know too much about it, and I, um, I, I've never raced it, and I think it's mostly because of how far away it is 
from uh, I'm downstate Michigan, and it's pretty darn far up in the UP. Um, so I was excited to hear more about its history from race creator and bike bag fabricator James Morrow. But two, what we're about to hear is a real behind-the-scenes look at competition and tactics during racing. Uh, three-peat winner Dan Teeters and three-peat competitor Mitch Edbauer share a really cool story about what went down this year, what team tactics Mitch implemented to attempt to unseat Dan, and what resulted because of that. And in a way, I think this kind of story, this kind of experience, as you will hear, is one that you can on- that can only exist within local grassroots um, races, within the local grassroots scene, uh, where you race and ride with some of the same people race after race, year after year. Something I think many of you will resonate with. So let's jump right in. The Lone Wolf with James Morrow, Mitch Edbauer, and three-time winner Dan Teeters. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen, uh, for joining me today, this afternoon. Um, we got a full house here to talk about the Lone Wolf, uh, the gravel race that happened Last weekend, right? October, was it October 8th? 9th? Yeah, on Sunday. Okay. So, uh, yeah, joining me now, um, we have James Morrow, the the founder of the race, and then um, two athletes, two participants, Dan Teeters and Mitch Edbauer. Um, Besides your names, can we kind of go around and um, could you give me a little bit of introduction? Uh, James, you want to start and then we'll maybe move to... uh, Dan and Mitch. Sure. Yeah. I'm uh, James Morrow, the founder and creator of the Lone Wolf. Um, down in Iron Mountain in 2020, trying to find a, a as much gravel route as possible. And and uh, me and my brother-in-law basically found that loop. And it, I think it was like 42 miles. Uh, we adjusted it to get it to right at 50 um, on one of our spring rides, ran up on a nice big gray wolf all mangy and wouldn't get (laughs) off the road for us and that was kind of what established the the name and just sitting around and i just thought it you know i knew there was enough gravel races and or gravel racers in the area to kind of you know showcase that being a route and thought it'd be really cool to see some some people lay it down out there and so it was just kind of a of an idea and honestly thought there'd be like 10 people that showed up mostly (laughs) friends or something just to support it and have a, a party pace but people showed up even the first year so it was pretty cool what was that what was the first year uh 2020 2020 i think it would have been 21 yeah 21 okay yep um dan i know that you of course wrote it this year but um you have am i right in that you've ridden it or raced it every single year that it's been around yeah, I was, you know, I was trying to think this morning um, how I had heard about it first, and I, I think there was just some word of mouth and uh, and maybe a post on Facebook, and um, I thought, hey, this looks like an interesting little event. Um, go up and check it out, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a 
you know, small grassroots, but well run. Um, everybody seemed uh, really excited for it. Um, everybody was pretty happy and jovial. And, and that's really, you know, kind of makes the event. Everybody enjoyed themselves. So um, I thought, hey, this is kind of cool. I'm going to keep coming back. And it's been a good event ever since. And uh, the changes that were made in the last year or two um, added a little distance, added a little spice and some flavor to the course. <laughs> Uh, which was uh, definitely appreciated. I enjoyed that. Um, and James has done a good job uh, putting on the event. So I'd be happy to come back again um, and continue my uh, my participation in it next year. Dan, your winning you, streak. Your winning streak. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Dan, are you pre- predominantly a, a gravel rider, road rider? And where do you where do you live and where do you ride out of um, mostly? Yeah, so I, uh, I I grew up in the Sheboygan area, um, and then I went to school at UWGB in Green Bay, um, and I've kind of been there ever since. Um, I left for uh, a short while after I graduated. I was in Texas, um, did a lot of road racing with uh, with some top elite-level road racers down in that area. Okay. Um, learned a lot when I was down there in just those short two years, but... Um, Came back to the Green Bay area in 2009 and uh, been in the area ever since. Um, and as far as my disciplines go, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I'm kind of a goofball. Um, I've got a long history of mountain bike racing. Uh, I, I've done a lot of high level road races and crits. Um, and ever since the gravel stuff popped up, it's uh, it's really been kind of a fun infusion of both that you've got the road tactics you've got the skill of of mountain biking um not to mention my cyclocross background um yeah i just kind of a jack of all trades i just enjoy it all that's great um mitch how what's what's your history with the with the lone wolf has was this your first year this year have you done it uh previous years and then yeah give us a little background on on your cycling riding racing sure so uh i have also done the lone wolf uh, all three years okay great so i'm a i'm a native youper uh grew up in kingsford michigan which is a, a sister town to iron mountain where the you know james puts on the race so it's a, a nice local event for me Good, good reason to get back home, spend some time with uh, my parents. Um, when it comes to racing, um, like, like Dan said, I went to school at Michigan Tech, um, had a lot of buddies that were into mountain biking. So kind of learned to mountain bike very poorly. Well, I spent uh, my years up at Michigan Tech, graduated in 2009 as well, moved down to Green Bay, um, and just found... Um, more of a passion in cycling. You know, there weren't as many uh, nearby trails for mountain biking as Houghton, Michigan. So I kind of picked up my first road bike, um, started, you know, actively training, got into the whole triathlon thing. Um, <laughs> yep, yep, I uh, did that for a little bit. Um, but I, I guess kind of like Dan, you know, I pretty much participate in as, as many in varied races as I can. Um, you know, I don't have quite the the tenured background like Dan does, but, uh, you know, I've lost several cyclocross races and I've lost several mountain bike races and, uh, continue to lose gravel races, but I always have a good time doing it. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, so yeah, we kind of covered a little bit with that about, um, when the race began, uh, a little bit about the, 
what kind of a course it is. A little bit, but um, I'm interested in the race history. Uh, Dan, you mentioned that you know this year there were some some additions that made things a little more fun, a little more spicy. But um, how has this race kind of progressed from the beginning, um, James? Uh, from day one, from from race one, um, what kind of a race was it? What did you hope to put on, and um, how long of a race? I mean, you said it's around fifty miles, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And- fifty. It was a fifty miler from the front door, and then once we figured out where we could potentially start and stop it, it came out to like forty two. Okay. Um, I was a little bit bummed about. You know, it's not very. A lot of people like to put, you know, a hundred mile and it's like 115 miles or something like that. But <laughs> I actually reached out to uh, Mitch and asked him, you know, you think people are going to kind of be bent out of shape that it's, you know, a little bit shorter. And he assured me that, it, you know, it wasn't going to be a problem. So we just ran with it from there. Um, and then we got permission from, a, uh, you know, it was at Fumi Lake um, and there they have a board and it's kind of a protected area. And that was a little bit of a struggle to get them. They have some gates and stuff that we had to get open. Um, and the first year worked out great and it went off without a hitch. And then, uh, the following year we, we did the same procedure, asked for permission and they weren't going to allow, allow us to open the gates, um, which I kind of seen as a, you know, a little bit of a roadblock for keeping the flow, especially the gates were at the, the finish line for the thing. So people are gonna have to get off and go around. <laughs> this is the time to sprint. You know, you got like the last two miles going around in a two track, um, so we made the call. We found another alternative alternative route um, to get up and connect uh, to the original route. And, but it was, I think it was about 10 more miles of pretty aggressive, chunky stuff. Um, it clipped a piece of private land. Uh, we had like a godsend because DNR had just put in a new section of trail to bypass that for ORV and stuff. Um, so it was, last year it was pretty fresh. A lot of dozer, dozer tracks for a few miles and um, I remember the first year when Dan came through with Mark Crowns and he said, you know, th- that last little bit was kind of blasphemy because it, w- it was beautiful. It was brand new paved road for, you know, six miles or whatever it was. And then you get a little bit of two track. Um, so I was happy to give him that at, for the ending and he wasn't super excited about it. Like so. a, like a, <laughs> like a, a cherry on top, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see a little bit of, a little bit of struggle out of him coming through. <laughs> James, yeah. <laughs> James, you mentioned that it was, uh, you know, you, you hoped that maybe a couple people would show up the first year, maybe you thought it'd be like you and your buddies, but you had a pretty good turnout. Have you seen progressive growth, um, each, each year? Uh, it's actually stayed pretty close to the same volume every year. Um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of, it, it stays the same, but a lot of new people are coming and trying it. And that was kind of the idea is just to, to get people, you know, riding around that course in the fall. It's, it's just kind of something to see and you know it's your typical up gravel um and that that area needed something and that was kind of my passion for it was um in 2020 i started a nonprofit, like i just call it an iron hill cycling team to get it just to be able to ask people for money and not make it seem like they're just giving james morrow money <laughs> um to create an event around there and uh got a hold of chris schmidt and had him make up a poster and Every time we would get a sponsor, it, it gave us the ability, okay, now we can get a poster and, and now we can kind of promote it a little bit more and throw it in some bike shops. And then we were able to get awards. And that's kind of 
what I figured is as long as we have an image for it and and awards, I mean, and a route, you, you basically have a race. Um, so that was the idea. So it was pretty cool. The first year we basically just spent everything on the awards, um, which was really cool. They were like glow in the dark um, trophies. And, uh, and then after that, then it was kind of cool after that first year, there was a little, you know, a few of my friends were actually interested in becoming board members and, and getting this thing going. There's a, you know, a little bit of influx of, of, of money and then we can kind of get a little bit more structure and more opinions and what people think. And, uh, it's, it's been working out pretty cool. That's, that's great. Um, you mentioned, uh, you kind of had the, a similar, um, amount of participation, but I think that, uh, um, seeing returnees come back every year, that's gotta be a, uh, a good sign. And we have two of them here, of course. Um, right. You know, I'm not as familiar with um, that far over, that far west in the UP. What makes that uh, terrain unique? Um, or is it unique? Or what, you know, um, so, like, Dan, what's your favorite, like, unique part of the course? Or what do you love most about, like, the course in itself, the terrain and the... Um, yeah, it, you know, I, I like courses that uh, that offer a variety of different terrain um you know it, it gives everybody an opportunity and a, a certain spot on the course to really excel and hopefully um you know through the entirety of that race the cream rises to the top and it's the person that can manage the the course and the conditions and the competition um to their the best of their ability and, and come out on top um, so the lone wolf course is a, it's, it's just a prime example of that. You know, it's not just smooth gravel the whole way. It's, it's sections of smooth gravel. You've got a couple of paved sections. Um, you've got some sections of, of gravel that are fist size gravel. Hmm. Um, it, it's, it's small rocks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's chunky. Um, and then to finish off the race on what is almost arguably a mountain bike trail, um, in the last seven of t the 10 miles, um, it, it really does. It just throws in uh, a little bit of flair for everything and um, it makes it really entertaining. That's great. Um, Mitch, what do you find that uh, you love about the course? What makes it unique for you or what keeps you coming back each year? Yeah, I mean, I guess first and foremost, you know, James and, and the team do a incredible job, you know, putting it on. It's fun. Um, it's, it's good vibes the whole time. Um, everybody's, um, there to compete, but also, you know, there to have a, a good time first and foremost. Um, you know, compared to the first year, like, like Dan said, there was a, or, or James, there was a big s section of road at the end, which is, you know, tends to suit someone like me, who's a little bit bigger, can push the pedals a little bit harder. Um, but the, the, the new course, which, which I really like is, is, you know, your tire selection, what bike, right? Mm. The guy that got, uh, and maybe this is getting into it, uh, second place in the hundred mile, right? Rode a mountain bike. You know, there's, there's advantages to that through some of those sections when it's chunky and it's loose. And, um, one of the things that makes it interesting for a person like me and helps me put some thought into it is, um, there's a lot of very short, sharp hills. You know, I'm, I'm six, four, nearly six, five, you know, 200 pounds, it makes it 
a really big challenge to race, you know, someone of Dan's caliber through there. So you got to uh, try to plan a little bit when the gravel's smoother and um, faster rather than through that chunky stuff where he's, where he's so good. Yeah. That's rode a mountain bike, huh? Huh. Interesting. That, that Canyon, I forget what it was, but yeah, the old full suspension Canyon with arrow bars on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, was the changes in the course just the changes in the end with the um, the gates, or James? Was there a total uh, course change this year? Um, there was two sections um, that we changed. The end um, we brought them up and around that um, sanctuary area, and then I believe we went up towards Felch, so we we brought them north. So they missed the original route would go, um, you know, from the start about. I think it's maybe 15 miles in you'd keep, if you kept going straight, that was the original route. Well, I found more gravel to be able to go North and gain an extra like 12 miles out of that. Um, and or maybe it's just under 12, but that gave us the, the 50 miles, you know, Mark, uh, to call, you know, to just make an official lone wolf 50. Um, and the gravel that we found up there was just pristine. Um, there's like a fin, it's called Fintown road. I think it's maybe four miles, but it's just your, just rolling tree canopy, rolling gravel. Um, and it's, you just kind of get almost distracted up there with uh, how beautiful it is. Um, and that by doing that brought us on some pavement. Um, but it's kind of no man's land out there. So you don't even see much traffic. I, I always try to make it, you know, as remote as possible, just cause that was my, always my biggest concern was safety and vehicles and good old boys out there and stuff like that. Try to keep people kind of away from all that. But, um, it also created a little bit of dynamic for the group um, for people to pack up. And like Mitch said, you know, to get some, some like roadie backgrounds, a, a chance um, at the gravel scene um, because just after that paved section is the truck trail, which I think Dan might've been referring to with the, the boulders in the road. And it's, it's 10 miles of roller coaster, chunky gravel. I think there's a 18 and a half inch grade out there. You know, your back tires are kind of spinning to get up some of them. And, uh, but yeah, it turned out really well. And, and that by making that extra loop, we were actually able to create a 36. So coming back down, tapping into the original route, people were able to take a right turn and head back to the start finish. And that created the 36 mile, um, you know, that was that was going to be a, another question of mine. That um, is fifty the only offering, or do you have any other distances? Um, yeah, so we were able to create that thirty six. Okay, um, and then I know you know last year, uh, Jason Lowitz kind of chimed in a few times to me like, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna make a a hundred miler, you know, for the endurance guys, and you know <laughs> maybe a hundred miler." And I was like, "Well, we can make a hundred miler, but it takes you across a couple highways and." stuff like that. And like I said, with the safety thing, I said, well, let's just do two laps, you know, which would be cool for spectating and, and stuff like that too. Um, did you do a hundred mile? Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. I think we had 12, 12 guys show up for that. And, okay. Interesting. Yeah, you know, the, the one thing that, um, that stands out to me is that it's a predominantly a, a 50 mile race and, I mean, you, all of you know that everything just seems to be getting longer and longer and longer. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's almost, it's getting ridiculous in my mind. Um, you but can say it's, it's annoying. It's annoying. <laughs> yeah, it, it sure is. But, uh, 
to be to just be like no 50 is our sweet spot that's what we do and that's what the majority of the um the racers like to participate in and then to be able to have a course dynamic enough within 50 miles where obviously there's going to be um packs breaking up and selections made i think that's pretty uh not only unique but but pretty cool to offer um to i don't know your area or to any any racer that wants to um take part in it yeah, I was definitely glad to see this year people kind of work together because the first year it was it was kind of boggling where, you know, you in gravel, you expect to be able to work together, you know, create some some kind of packs out there. Um, but it as soon as people hit the truck trail, it was a, just a line of people and they were, everybody was all by themselves. There were 68 people <laughs> riding by themselves out there. <laughs> I'm like, man, you guys got to work together and stuff. But I think the only two people that might've stayed together on the first year was Dan and Mark Kranz and, and they laid it down, but for obvious reasons, nobody really, you know, kept up with those guys. <laughs> I did my best. I still yeah, have, night- did. <laughs> I have nightmares on a uh, Carney Lake road still. <laughs> <laughs> that is tough. And it'll, I mean, I, I know, uh, it's, uh, I have some, some hard lessons of, things like that happening early on like a hundred mile race. And then you're by yourself for 75 miles and it's, it's a long 75 miles, but uh, no, I I do like the idea of just 50 miles going out, riding hard. Um, You finish before it's dinner time. I mean, that's another positive, (laughs) but um, very cool. So yeah, I do want to know more about, I mean, I, I wanted to hear about, lone wolf i i've definitely heard of it but i don't know enough about it and again i think being downstate it's it's just i I think it's just a proximity thing of there's there's a lot of races down here i do might make my way up into the up a couple times a year but not any further than marquette so i think the lone wolf i knew of it as a up gravel race but it just seemed a little bit distant to me so one i think this is cool to get uh to get to know about it more but then james you reached out a couple days ago and you said hey trevor um this race has been going on a few years there's been some repeaters some heavy hitters but this year there was a cool story about the uh i guess the race at the front and and you and you said it, it more than just me and my buddies need to hear this story. I feel like this would be a good story for the podcast. And I was like, heck yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Um, so we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but Dan, you have won this race each of the years that it's been offered. Correct. Yep. Yep. Made it three in a row this year. All right. All right. The, the hat trick. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 ref, I referred to it as the Turkey. So the Turkey, <laughs> Well, I mean, here's the issue, though. You can't not come back now. I mean, <laughs> I think you have to keep coming back until you don't achieve the same result. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, it was awfully close this year. Um, I I was pushed. Uh, you know, I think about the first year that I did it and I rode with Mark Kranz. Mark is a great athlete and uh, a, a very, very accomplished endurance athlete. Oh, yeah. Um, and and the guy is just strong as heck. And riding with him, it was like, whew, this is, this is a, a legit race on my hands. And it, it 
came down to a sprint. Um, and knowing that he was more of an endurance guy, I felt comfortable being able to take him in the sprint and, and lucky for me, I was able to, but, um, the second year, um, you know, it was kind of, oh, well, Mark's not here this year. So then, uh, I, I got to, uh, race with Mitch and a few other guys that hung with us for a little while, but, uh, Mitch and I broke away and <laughs> I, I think uh, the hills kind of got to Mitch, and by about mile forty, <laughs> Mitch Mitch threw up the white flag and said, uh, "Dan, I'm pretty shocked. If you want to keep going on your own, you're more than welcome." So hold on, hold hold on, Dan. Uh, Mitch, is this how you remember the story? I want to make sure and give you a chance to uh, to pop in. Yeah, uh, if there's one thing I can't call Dan a liar, um, <laughs> like I said, I don't know if you want to disclose your weight, Dan. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, what do we say? It's like 3,200 feet and 50 miles and it's all short and sharp. So when you're, yeah. when you're a 200 pound guy like myself, you know, like, like Dan said, there was, there was a few attacks, uh, early on, um, and Dan put one hard one in at the start of the truck trail. I think we should rename it Peter's trail or something. I suspect, <laughs> uh, I was the only one able to kind of go with them. So him and I, uh, kind of laid the gas down through those next uh nine miles um feeling pretty good i think i think dan may have let up on the gas a little bit over the top a few of them to let me hang in there um we got on the short section of road and once we hit the long there's a long road climb that goes into the two track uh i was absolutely on the limit and said you know i'm gonna hold you back just go ahead and go ahead and send it so you know one of the one of the cool things i, I like about this race is you know Dan and I, you know, we've known each other for, for many years. And, you know, uh, during the summer, we, besides the summer, Dan, you know, but, but uh, we ride at least once or twice a week together. So we've, we've known each other and raced against each other and um, kind of know each other's ad, uh, advantages, we'll say. So, so that, so it's obvious that the uh, kind of that, that section that uh, Mitch, you had a little bit of trouble with Dan is a little more suited for that type of terrain. Um, yep. <laughs> and then, and then what was it? Uh, so Dan, you were by yourself for, for the end there. And then you just finish it off by yourself in 2022. Yeah. Or... Yeah. In 22. Yeah. The, about the last 10 miles or so. Um, once Mitch said, if, if you want to go, go, I, I went ahead and put power down on the longer climb and just rode in, uh, by myself. But, uh, last, this last one was, this was a little bit more of a test. Of, well, hold on. Uh, I mean, so I, I appreciate that you started with uh, year one, year two, because that kind of set the stage to maybe what, um, I don't know, if someone say like Mitch had a few friends and said, hey, I think we can, uh, <laughs> we can uh have a few tactics here and maybe this is where we beat Dan or this is where we beat Dan. Um, I don't know. Did something like that happen this year? <laughs> uh, that's, that's precisely what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, and it, you know, I, the guys that ride in the green Bay area, um, like Mitch said, we, we often ride together. Um, a lot of the, uh, the training rides, you know, we'll, we'll coordinate and we'll, make sure that we'll, we'll bring a few of us with, even if we're not on the same team. And, um, it really does make for a, a, a good cycling community. Um, and you know, we get to know how each other ride. Um, that's the, that's the interesting part is, you know, and all of a sudden Mitch knows my weaknesses and he knows <laughs> where I'm good. 
And uh, it's it's no secret um, what he and his teammates are good at. So um, preparing for a race, knowing who's going to be there, um, that's the extra element. And when you're outnumbered uh, four to one um, at, at the start line, he's kind of, oh boy, he's got to swallow and say, <laughs> here we go. Um, and yeah, I, Mitch and his teammates, they put together a plan. It was very obvious. Um, and that, that plan was executed very well. Um, I want to say the attack started. Well, I mean, one of your guys, Kurt, he went right away, right out of the parking lot. He rode the first climb pretty hard and, um, kind of strung things out. And then, uh, next thing, you know, a couple miles later, we start attack after attack after attack. And these guys are literally just going one right after another. Um, and there were a couple of big haymakers in there that, uh, they went for the knockout punch. Um, I, I still don't know how I countered every single one of them. Um, it, it, I, I can say I had good legs. I can say, uh, I, I just gained a couple extra Watts with the beauty of the, the area. Um, and that cool, crisp North air. Um, but yeah, man, they, they pushed me, uh, to my limit, uh, on some sections of that course. And, well, I, um, I, I do want to bring Mitch into this because this is, again, this is, that's your perspective. Uh, Mitch, are you comfortable, um, letting us all know what, the plans were or what the plan was, unless you want to try it again next year. I mean, you can maybe uh, hold some cards close to your chest, but <laughs> you know, we, we all know Dan's a real good racer and it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a surprise. So yeah, we have a, you know, a Pete's garage group chat going and uh, you know, the big thing is we're all watching registration, you know, day to day as we're <laughs> in, encroaching the ends, like Dan said, who's racing. Right. Uh, and we're, we're not seeing Dan sign up. We're not seeing Dan sign up. <laughs> And, uh, you know, registration closes, no Dan Teeters. Right. And, uh, we, we had a guy, uh, another local rider races on Dan's team, actually send a note and said, Hey, I forgot to register. Can I still sign up? And so I sent James a note and said, Hey, you know, my buddy, Matt wants to sign up. Is that cool? And he's like, yep, yep. No problem. Just show on up and, uh, try to hold Dan's wheel the best you can. You're like, what? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. So now we know Dan's coming, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we kind of figured so, you know, it's a, a good race that suits him very well, obviously. Um, but yeah, I got, uh, my buddy, Kyle, Kurt and Nick were there. Um, we kind of said, you know, let's make it hard from the start and any opportunity where your legs feel good enough, try to take a flyer off the front. Um, you know, we got some pretty big motors we'll say, and if we can create a gap, um, even through the hills, a few of us, you know, at riding your own pace could likely stay away. Um, you know, years ago in the, the bear, uh, Dan, myself and another one of my teammates, Kyle, the three of us got off the front and, uh, just kind of motored away from the group. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a course that suits a bigger rider, a, a, a little bit better, you know, bar a couple technical sections that we got to survive on Dan's wheel. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was the whole thing, you know, um, attack, attack. Uh, I sent one pretty early that ended up, uh, shelling one of our teammates. Um, you know, another one, Nick caught on my, our team on Pete's garage there, caught my wheel. Um, and I thought to myself, this is, 
this is the break we need. So me and my buddy Nick were up the road, um, kind of leading into a, a mild climb. And I think, Dan, you must have worked pretty hard to close that one down. Because, um, I mean, we probably had, what, 40 yards, 50 yards on you? And it yeah. felt good. Um, so Dan closed that one down. Um, you know, there were a couple other riders, uh, Bruce from Marquette, you know, I think James, that's one of your friends, you know, he was, uh, I think he got uh, second place at order oh, right. single speed this year, right. Real strong rider. Uh, <laughs> another Dan from, from lower downstate that, uh, he ended up closing up some gaps too. Um, but yeah, as soon as, as soon as Dan was back on the wheel, you know, Kyle took a flyer. Uh, I think one of the, you know, Bruce kind of chased that one down and, we just kept going and going <laughs> until, uh, you know, it was really the intention to try and get Kyle up the road. He's probably got the biggest motor out of everybody. So it was kind of on me to just continually attack. So I kind of, uh, wrote my own ticket by, by mile 40 that I was going to be gone, but, uh, no, it was, it was awesome fun, but. And so was there a, a moment I mean, were you trying to get past that hilly section around mile 40 or were you, uh, or Kyle, I guess was your, was your go-to person to, to really go head to head with Dan? Um, yep. Was, we had, we had, we had two thoughts, you know, if we could soften Dan that he couldn't get away from us on the truck trail, um, we likely could hang till the end. Um, like you said, the, the, the two track at the end's more mountain bike suited and that's Dan's bread and butter. But um, we're technically competent riders. We felt, you know, it's, it's flat enough if you can get up the first hill. Besides the last hill at the end, you can, you can hang in there. Um, so we wanted to soften, and soften his legs by the truck trail. You know, best case is we have one or two riders, you know, a couple minutes up going into the truck trail. And then just do your best to ride Dan's wheel as he tries to, to catch up. So, And then with all that said where, where, where was the selection made? How, um, Dan, where did you know that you had this, uh, this race won? Oh boy. Um, I think once we got off the truck trail, um, there were, there were some pretty tough sections on that, that part of the race that I, I actually drove myself um, and Kyle put in a really hard attack that I think we were doing about 35 miles an hour. Um, and once we got off of that section and we were together as a group of, uh, group of six, I kind of thought it might be okay if I just sit in and hang out on the road until we hit the last, uh, off-road section. Um, but really, I just I didn't know what everybody else had in the tank. I know my legs were starting to hurt, and um, it wasn't until we made that that initial climb that Mitch had referenced, and then we got into that that two track where um, I just I let my mountain bike skills take over and just kind of get up off the saddle a little bit, let the bike dance under me, um, and just ride hard. Um, <laughs> And really, Kyle was the only one to stay on my wheel. And uh, I thought, boy, I'm going to drag him right to the finish and I'm going to get killed in the sprint. Um, but uh, we hit a couple. There's there's a couple other short little climbs in there. 
that uh, that one of them came up and bit Kyle pretty hard and it got his hamstring. And uh, he said after that, he's like, I just couldn't pedal for a handful of minutes. And um, that's really where I got my gap. And I think I, I had almost a minute gap on everybody at one point, And that was enough to to keep me away for the rest of the race. So, and that was pretty close to the finish, correct? Yeah, that was uh, with at least four or five miles to go. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's when that, that, that kind of under the radar, Dan, you're the guy, you know, there, Dan, what is it? Coronac? Coronac. Coronac. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he kind of, he kind of shot from the back. He he obviously had a bunch in the tank. Um, Cause even like Geschel came, came over and when he came through, cause the top four, I got it right here. Um, you know, Dan, Teeters, got Kornick, uh, that was 20, 25 seconds behind him. Oh, wow. And then Kyle at 32 seconds. So that was, you know, Dan got him by by seven seconds in second place. And then um, Geschel came through 40 second, 43 seconds after. So there was less than a minute on top four. Um, so it was close. Yeah, this- it was close. So there wasn't really a, necessarily a comfortable gap. Um, there was a not gap, but, but yeah. not super comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And Geschel wasn't familiar. He's never pre-roaded or anything. So he even said, he goes, oh, I thought we had like five or six miles left. He goes, not that I could have done much, but <laughs> which I don't believe. But yeah, he's very first time I've raced directly with him. You know, I've seen him, you know, at Ardashar and very, very strong rider. He is yeah. nice guy too. Yep. Yeah, he's a cool rider. Uh, I love to hear these stories, especially with local races or, I mean, most of the races I do are, are smaller local races, but you can still man, to, to be able to like try out tactics and, and to, uh, I don't know, be part of that competition and just, it's, it's, it's just great. I mean, I, I love that to hear that, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's, um, I don't know, unbound versus, well, probably unbound would be even almost impossible to, to be able to implement something like this, like what you did, um, last weekend. And this gives you the opportunity to play around, have fun, know the other riders, know the course, and it just makes it way more enjoyable. Well, I'll tell you what, Trevor, this, and this kind of goes back to your comment about it being a 50 mile race and kind of where's that sweet spot. And, you know, I think with the gravel races and so many races being longer events, you know, those, I don't want to say they're not races because they're races, but how racy can you be? And what I really enjoy is those, those distances where you can throw attacks, you can be aggressive. You know, you, you have to have a strategy. You have to have a strategy outside of, I just got to conserve. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Sit for a hundred miles and, and wait for something to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I think that that sweet spot, you know, between 50 and, and 80 miles or so, I think that's it's such a good distance for this kind of racing. Um, you know, it, it allows you to be aggressive. If, if you, if you want to go that route, you can still ride conservative, but the race itself, it just is so much more interesting than just sitting on each other's wheel all day and just trying to work together to get to the finish. You're, yeah. you're actually, you're trying to shell people off your wheel and it, it, it's more it, of a race. It's more, it's, 
it's more of a race and less of just a straight out suffer fest and who can suffer the longest. And yeah, that's, yeah, and that is yeah. what some of these longer races have kind of turned into. Uh, Mitch on this side of it, is there anything that maybe you and your teammates or your friends would do differently next year? Um, just stop listening, Dan. Um, yeah, <laughs> put that on mute. There you go. <laughs> All right, but I, I guess mean, like for this year, do you think that there's something you could have done a little better or was it just uh, the, the stronger man won? Uh, yeah, the stronger man won for sure. Um, I think having Bruce and Dan there, Bruce especially, he closed some some pretty good gaps. Um, you know, hard to, you know, he obviously earned, earned his position. Um, the easy answer is bring more friends. Uh, <laughs> like I said, uh, that we could lay more attacks. Um, no, I was pretty, pretty happy with the race. Frankly. Um, I think, uh, we had a fun time. We executed a plan, you know, ultimately, uh, we figured if, like I said, if we could be with Dan in the group at the end of the truck trail, we could get into the last section and just let it play out. You know, Dan was kind and, and didn't mention my, my last feeble attack to, to try and break his, uh, break his spirit there. But, uh, yeah, I got up the hill and I figured if I could get up the hill, you know, maybe they'll catch me and I can hang in there, but everybody flew past me. I was, I was out of, out of gas. Um, but now, uh, now in all honesty, Mitch, uh, knowing that you were dangling just off of us on the truck trail uh, and you made contact again, I was really impressed, but I knew your legs were dead. Yep. So when <laughs> so you made that last end, effort yep. on the road, I was not worried. I did not see a reason to go chase it down. And I knew that we would do the damage on the next tough section. So this so. is the, this is like brings in like the benefit of knowing who's riding against you. And then the, uh, the not benefit of the person riding against you, knowing you really well too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, we were on a, on a road section. So I, I looked back and I saw Dan was, I don't know. What do you think? Eight yards behind me. You're, I think you might've been second wheel. So I just opened it up and, you know, I, I opened up, what do you think? 25, 30 seconds at the bottom of the hill, you know, got up to the top. Um, Dan came around me, uh, right at the very peak of it. So I, I stood on it and they, they were just had an extra gear versus what I had. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. So, like I said, we, we put a tax in on the, the, the truck trail. So I ended up getting dropped with maybe two miles to go on the truck trail, but never, never lost more than 45 seconds. And as soon as we hit the flat road, just motored back up and got the group back together. <laughs> so if there's anything James wants to do to flatten the course, that would be okay. Maybe that would help. I <laughs> don't work for the County anymore. <laughs> ah, yeah. See there, you get a, get a big truck through there, but well, it was it was awesome course this year. Last year it was a little bit soft. Like they had they had graded it. It seemed like maybe two weeks prior, um, it didn't really firm up or set up. But this year there was a, a ton of uh, hard pack lines. Um, when I was marking it, I was really excited to see that, knowing that the pace would pick up a little bit. Um, I didn't go down the truck trail in my my vehicle. I didn't have the time to be able to pull that off. But the truck trail is a truck trail. Um, but I I did you know going back to like me and my buddy Bruce standing there listening to you guys kind of go back and forth about your strategy and stuff. I just loved it when, you know, Mitch goes, 
you know, we attacked and I was like, where at? And he goes, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I looked at my Strava data and you could see, you know, your spike in your power and yeah. over the course of whatever, 45 minutes in the middle of the race, I had like 24 separate times where I tried to go, you know? <laughs> so like, like I said, we in, in between Kyle, you know, Kyle's trying to conserve a little bit of energy. Um, you know, our, our other partner, Nick, that kind of, made it up the road with us. He's, he's a bigger dude too. And I don't know if Dan noticed he was kind of hanging off the back for, for most of it. So, uh, kind of tried to be the best teammate I could and just keep going, just keep going. So I, I think I actually rode about half that race looking over my shoulder. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just waiting. That's great. See if we if we made Dan nervous, that's a win for us. Me personally, you know. <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said about um even if the tactics didn't work correctly, knowing that you did as much as you could. And that's what's it's tough about like maybe keeping a little in the tank or knowing that there's something that you know maybe you attacked too much and but um thinking that you did it right and uh, Dan just overcame. I mean, I think that's that's a really cool story and it's also I mean, it's it's really cool to hear both perspectives, and then also just the just the pure like fun sportsmanship between the two of you. I mean, it's not like it. it you wanted to beat Dan, but I don't feel like it was uh, anything personal. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Like I said, we've been on plenty of training rides together where we've beat each other up and waited and yeah. and and lots of stuff. So it's always fun. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um. I, I appreciate this, and uh, I, I'm gonna gonna wrap it up here in a second. But I do want to ask all of you about. Um, I feel it's important to talk about maybe what's on the other side from the pointy end of the race. Um, I'm assuming that there's plenty of participants, racers, riders that come to this event that don't care at all about tactics and riding hard. James, do you think that there's still something? Uh, to offer those who just want to go up and appreciate that area this time of year, like definitely like, do you, are, are you, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's basically the, the whole idea from the start is, you know, I'm, I'm not a racer, nor will I ever be able to be a racer. And I'm fine with that. Cause I put it like, even last year at Moran, I, I did the 66 and, and, I was like, all right, I'm just going to hold on to the fastest group I can hold on to. And I was able to do that for about an hour at 18 miles an hour. And, and I just, I've never experienced anything like that, like, um, pain wise. And I was like, well, this, uh, you know, I'm just, I don't think I'll ever be there. Um, but it's the ride for me. And then to create a race to where you can create some, some competition because I, I love the gravel strategy and camaraderie. Um, and that's been my favorite part of the gravel scene. Um, it, you know, especially at the, at the head, you know, the start finish line, being able to hang out and then to see a group come in. And like you were saying, there's, there's no animosity. Um, it, you know, people are doing their strategies out there, having fun with it. Even these elite guys, um, it, it's just super cool. And then, you know, attracting it's just kind of cool to especially it being an iron mountain like you said it's a little bit disconnected from lower michigan um but it, it you know at some point it kind of ties all the way around to wisconsin you mm -hmm. know uh, especially looking at the heat maps of registration just goes almost straight down to chicago for us um and then we get a couple blips from lower michigan 
Um, but it, it still ties, you know, the Upper Peninsula racers to some some new racers out of Green Bay and and even further south and a couple from, you know, out west a little bit. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see it just kind of collaborate a little bit because especially the Michigan gravel scene, you know, I, I've always just been super into that and, and love, you know, all these local people and just kind of under the radar, uh, you know, even like Wakely and stuff like that, you know, it, it, it would be really cool to like see, you know, some, some more people from downstate Michigan come over and kind of go head to head with these Wisconsin folk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We could learn what real suffering feels like. Uh, I don't, I mean, <laughs> there's strong people everywhere. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Well, this is, this is great. I, uh, I feel like this is a huge benefit for me to hear more about the lone wolf and just know, I don't know. Like I said, it was just, maybe it's just the distance and, and not being uh, close to it, but it definitely seems like something I want to experience. And like you said, like the camaraderie and, the the it, it's not, everything you're telling me it seems like what I would like to experience in a in a true gravel race and and I think that you're 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 hitting the nail on the head there and and I hope it continues and um and yeah I, real quick I was I was gonna ask you guys has weather been good each year because I feel like that time of year you can I mean it's it's a real crapshoot I was just thinking I'd love to go up there but then I'm like well if the weather sucks I'm not even gonna worry about it. <laughs> I mean, year one, uh, it, it was rainy, but the, the temperature was real good. Okay. Um, so it, it was wet and actually it, it kind of firmed up the course, kept it, kept it really nice. Um, year two, sunny, cool, just the epitome of fall gravel. You know, I think we started in the thirties, maybe ended in the you know, high thirties and mid forties. It was, it was lovely. And then, uh, this year it was kind of a mix of everything. You know, we saw sun, we had sprinkles. Uh, a little bit of puddles. It was, it was great. So kind of, you know, just, uh, to go, to go back to your pr previous comment, you know, about coming up and doing the race, you know, iron mountains building a lot of mountain bike trails, you know, James and a lot of his friends and family have had a lot to do with it. You know, you could, you could really make a weekend of it, you know, come ride a lot of really fun, varied trails and then race, ride your bike on a, on a Sunday. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, just for, I mean, talking about the race, um, your experience, uh, the tactics, which sounded like a lot of fun and, and James, thank you for kind of, kind of putting this together, putting the race together and, and getting us all in the same, uh, zoom room. Um, uh, this is really yeah. cool to oh, hear thank this you. story. I, I, we were, I was discussing it with my buddy, Bruce Lang, and he's like, man, you know, what we overheard those guys talking about would make a really good podcast. And I was like, he goes, you know, any, and I was like, well, I kind of know Trevor and you know, it would kind of be an honor to to see if you had time and I really appreciate you getting us on there. Cause you know, like I said, this, that story kind of had to be told, especially this year um, with what was going on up front there. It, it, I, I wish I could have put a, a, a water bottle on the bike to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <get> all going <laughs> on. <laughs> well, cool. Um, do you guys, uh, you guys get on this side of the, of, of the state at all for any races or you stick mainly in the UP? Yeah, no, I've been over, uh, what did I do? I did, uh, barrier Bay last year. Okay. Um, and that was, we had some snow and some pretty inclement weather for that oh, yeah. one. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, 
but you know, I, I compare that race to to Lone Wolf, and outside of the it, kind of the same sharp kind of steep climbs, um, that that's like hero dirt over there versus some of the chunky stuff we we have in this race. Um, but the level of competition there is just through the roof, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean some of the races down in the, the lower, lower side of Michigan, God, I'd love to get over there and do some of those gravel races. I wish we had a series like that here, here in Wisconsin, but um, maybe one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll definitely have to make my way over on that side. Uh, Mitch, you mentioned uh, order shore. You, do you do order shore or? Uh, yep. Yep. Done yeah. it a, a, a number of years. Yep. Managed uh second single speed this year. So oh, wow, man. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> who doesn't do order shore? I mean, really? That's true. If you're, if you're from the Midwest, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I I, I, I love I, that race. That's such great. a good event. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I've done it a uh, last couple years, and uh, I'll I'll be there every year if I can. So hopefully, uh, hopefully next year we can uh, link up and. Yeah, what and, is it? This little right? Oh, there you <laughs> yeah, go, man. Nice work. Yeah. <laughs> well, just cool. yeah, just so you know, for two, I keep keep her right at the desk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. there it is <laughs> 22 great guys i'll let you uh get back to work unfortunately but um thanks for jumping on and telling your story and yeah really appreciate it i appreciate your time trevor it was fun thanks trevor. yep thanks for having us the dirty chain podcast is a michigan mid-pack media production in partnership with kom cycling the source for your bike accessories and necessities Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. Thank you to James and Mitch and Dan for joining me on this episode. And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always... Keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.